In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A few months ago, some parishioners came to me and said, David, can we have a Casillo Eucharist? We'll provide the music, the lectors, the acolytes, and the choir. Those of us who have been to Casillo want to share just a little bit of what it's like. So I'm here today doing what years ago I never thought or imagined I would be doing. Standing in this pulpit and sharing, and sharing my thoughts in the Casillo movement in the Episcopal Church and doing so in a positive way. You may recall that Jesus said something like this, beware of those who like to walk around in long robes and have the best seats at the dinner tables, who devour widows and devour orphans. He's talking about me. He's talking about Katie, talking about Jennifer, because we priests can be pretty pompous and overbearing. That was my first view of Casillo, pompous priests and pompous people who called themselves Cursillistos because they had been to Cursillo. And when Cursillo first started here in Mississippi, it was a closed society. It was secretive. It was mysterious. It was holier than thou. The priests walked around in black robes with their hands folded like this, their eyes sort of looking up to heaven with a little bitty smile on their face. The people who came back from Casillo thought they had found the Lord, but they couldn't tell you what they'd found. Or they wouldn't tell you what they had found. They wouldn't tell you anything at all about it. They had the Holy Spirit, though, and you didn't. That's what you thought and they thought, too, back then. The attitude was that unless you had been to Casillo, you couldn't understand what it's all about. And you really could not call yourself a Christian. Only Cursillistas could do that, and they had their own special little language. I was at the cathedral here at that time. The only way anybody could go from this parish was if one of these priests of the parish went already. And to be honest, none of us wanted to go. <laughs> Sid Sanders, Doug Sterling, and I, none of us wanted to go. But one of us had to go. So we flipped a coin, and I lost. <laughs> I said, okay, I'm going, but I'm not going in Mississippi. I went to Bishop Gray, the middle Bishop Gray. I told him what had happened, but that I wasn't going in Mississippi. And he sent me out to the diocese of West Texas, where Casillo started. And I went there determined determined not to get one single thing out of it, not to put anything in it. And I found there, though, something I did not expect to find. At the end of each Casillo in West Texas, you have to stand up and say what that weekend has meant to you in front of everybody who is there. People were standing and they were sharing, some getting very, very emotional. It came time for me to say, what the time had meant for me. I stood up and I said, I'm a very, very fortunate person. I'd had love given to me all my life, from my family growing up, from my friends, from my wife and my family now, and from God. 
to this weekend was not quite as traumatic and emotional for me as it was for others. But I did find there, I did find there a love that was so wonderful, so encompassing, so embracing, that I'd never known been shared before by so many people. It was the unconditional love of Almighty God being poured on me by people I did not know. And it felt good. It was life-changing. Cursillo means short course in Christianity. And during those four days, you sit and you listen. You sit and you talk. You sit and you share. You sit and you sing. And you sit and you eat. And the songs you sing are crazy songs. Some sort of simple songs. Not like the kind you find in here on Sunday mornings. I knew people were going to be raising their hands during this whole time, maybe speaking in tongues. I didn't want any of that either. I went resisting the music too. Because the Episcopal Church was and doesn't sing songs, one sings hymns. That's what I was taught in seminary. If it's easy to sing, it must not be any good. I had to change my view, my understanding of singing. I thoroughly enjoy it now. Would I want it every single Sunday? No, I wouldn't. But I love it right now. I enjoyed singing. I looked up and saw my Lord a-coming when we walked in here. There's a closeness, a oneness one feels with Christ and with all of us gathered here as we come in singing that song together. It's a oneness and a closeness that I think we heard about in our Romans lesson this morning when, God, when Paul talks about God's grace. Since we've been justified by faith, we have access to God's grace. You hear a lot about grace, a whole lot about grace at Curcio, because God's grace and God's compassion underlies every single thing that's done there. I'm going to share with you one thing that Paul Tillich says about grace, because it really sums it all up. Tillich says, you are accepted. You are accepted, accepted by that which is greater than you and the name of which you do not know. Do not ask for that name now. Perhaps you will find it later. Do not try to do anything now. Perhaps you will later. Do not seek for anything now. Do not perform anything. Do not intend anything. Simply accept the fact that you are accepted. Simply accept the fact that you are accepted. That's grace. That's what you find at Cursillo. And the song we just sang, Here I Am, Lord, it's a song of commitment. Commitment to Christ and to each other that shares this grace. In our gospel, we hear the calling of the twelve, the disciples and their call is to go out and bring the grace of Christ to others. There's a saying in Cursillo, make a friend, be a friend, bring that friend to Jesus, and that turned me off. I didn't like it at all. I grew up in the South, and especially in Mississippi, and I'd heard that all along. Have you accepted the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior? It means something different to me now. It doesn't mean buttonholing somebody on the street and trying to make them believe in Jesus. I could not and I will not ever do that. It means, though, Whenever someone asks me or asks you why you go out of your way to help someone else, 
while you go to the hospital and you sit up there all night with someone you love, or you go out of your way to seek justice for those less fortunate, you say because of Jesus Christ, because of Jesus Christ and what he means in your life. When the disciples started spreading the word, that good news of Christ, they're affirming a salvation, a faith in that life that this Jesus, this Christ is the one in whom they put their trust, one on whom they stake their lives. This Jesus Christ is the incarnation of God. Will he take care of all my problems? Will my belief in him mean that I will never suffer again? No, it will not. But it does mean that when things are falling apart in my life, when my stomach is torn apart on the inside because of things happening in my life, to when I'm lying there in bed in the middle of the night and I take that deep breath and I cry out to Christ, He's there with me. He cries with me, he hurts with me, and he laughs with me. That's what it means to call him the Messiah. That's what it means to call him the Christ. When we leave here this morning, after we've shared the peace and we've hugged each other, and that piece of bread has been placed in our hand and that wine has touched our lips, we're going to leave here singing the servant song. And listen as you're singing. I will weep when you are weeping. When you laugh, I'll laugh with you. I will share your joy and sorrow till we've seen this journey through. That's the essence of Christianity. That's the essence of Castillo, an unconditional, grace-filled, loving forgiveness of God given to and shared by all. As Jesus said in our gospel this morning, you received without payment, give without payment. Amen.